Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Yeah, let all else fade away, Jesus. This week, our focus, our attention is on you. It's on your cross. It's on the price that was paid to pave the way for our salvation, for grace, for mercy, for our destiny, for our purpose. That we wouldn't have to be tied to the things that are here on earth, but we could live unto our heavenly calling and our heavenly destiny, Father. So we thank you. We pray that all else would fade away, Lord. May our hearts, our attention, and our focus be on you here tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, come on, somebody say amen. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise. Give him a hand clap here tonight. Come on, let him hear you. Put some fire emojis there in the comments. Put some praise hands in the comments section there. Some, 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 give him your, your church clap emoji there in the comments section. Well, again, my name is Pastor Brian, your Coast Mesa Camps Pastor. This is my wife, Alyssa, that is with us here tonight. Why don't you say hello, hello to everybody, everyone. honey? Good to see you guys here tonight. Again, we have the honor and the privilege of being able to lead us through our study of the book of Galatians here tonight, uh, where Pastor Lou and Tina left us off with last Wednesday. Such a powerful time talking about being sons and daughters and being heirs to the promises of God. Um, and we're going to continue that conversation here tonight. Before we do, though, we just want to give honor to our lead pastors, as I mentioned uh, during our time of giving, shared the vision. Uh, for all of Freedom House and, and for all of, the, all of our campuses and all the things that we want to do to continue uh, to build the kingdom, to continue to see God uh, move forward and to see this move of God that we call Freedom House continue to go forward. And so we honor you, Pastor Sai and Pastor Murray. We are with you. Our yes, faith, our you. faith is with you. We believe that what God wants to do here through Freedom House is special. It is unique. Um, and we're, we're here to do our part and to continue to reach people for the name of Jesus. So we honor you tonight. We know that, that you're preparing for an amazing Easter weekend. We can't hear, wait to hear all that you're going to impart, all that, that you're going to teach, and all the souls that are going to be saved this weekend. So we love you guys. We honor you here tonight. Um, and we honor our children. We honor our, our kids that are at home that are releasing us to be able to, to do Jesus work here tonight, to be able to, to share with all of you, to equip with all of you. We honor uh, we, we honor them. We love you kids. We can't wait to see you guys when we get home here tonight. Um, but without further ado, are we ready to jump in here tonight? We're ready. We're ready. So make sure to grab a notepad right now. Grab your Bibles. Grab a pen. Grab some paper. We're going we're gonna to go in a little bit tonight. We're going to talk about uh, uh, just what it means to, to, to live for Christ and to not get caught up in all of the distractions. So grab your Bible. Grab a pen. Grab some paper. We're going to grab a seat. You could go ahead and grab a seat. We're going to jump in to the scriptures here tonight. Galatians. Well, there's a reason why many consider Galatians to be the, the Magna Carta. They, they, they believe it to be the supreme uh, uh, writing of Paul, especially in terms of, of Christian freedom um, and living in freedom, living in liberty, no longer being tied to, to the old things or to old habits or to your old ways but being able to live in that true freedom yes. that Christ has called you, called us, not just you, called us, us. to live in. And, and we've been going through that. And 
Uh, you know, we spent the last couple of weeks really talking about what, those prom- what the promise of God is and how to live in relationship and how when we live in relationship with God, um, there, there, is, there is promise there, there is favor there, there is blessing there. We don't have to earn our way to have that relationship with right. God. It is something that, that we receive freely. Now, how we steward that relationship and how we grow that relationship, yeah, we do got to put some work in. We do got to put some effort in on that side. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about what, what happens when we don't put in that effort. What happens when, when we don't stir up that relationship um, and how it could lead us off, off target, off direction, right. off, of, off of the path of righteousness and holiness that, that we're walking in um, and, and how we could so easily, so easily lose sight and lose focus of what God is doing. Lord, again, we just pray right now, Father, that you'd be with us here tonight. Be with us during this study, Father, as we get into the book of Galatians, Lord. We just pray that you would guide our, our, our study here tonight, that you would guide um, our conversation here tonight, Lord, and that you would use it, Father. Use it to, to build up, to equip us as your church, as your disciples, as your sons, and as your daughters. In Jesus' name, come on, somebody say amen. amen. Well, book of Galatians chapter 4, we're going to be starting in verse 8. Uh, we're going to start in verse, our study is going to be in verse 8 tonight. I do want to read real quick uh, the last couple verses that Pastor Lou and Tina talked about last week. Starting in verse 6, it says, And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave. You are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God, that you have an inheritance because you are a son and a daughter of God. Once you were not a son and a daughter of God, once you were a slave to your sin, you were a slave to your, to your human nature, you were a slave uh, to that deprived nature, but now because you are a son, your lineage, okay, your, your inheritance, your legacy, your, your, the, what, what you uphold is, is now is now in error through God. It has now been uh, brought into alignment with heaven. It is no longer tied to all of your, your earthly, uh, all of, all of your earthly uh, designations, okay? It's not tied to your last name anymore. It's not tied to your ethnicity. It's not tied to the city you were born in, the hood you were raised in. It's not tied to the, to the, the, the continent or the country that, that you were born in. Now your roots and, and now your lineage is tied to heaven, Okay, and that's an important part of what we're going to be talking here, talking about here tonight. Verse eight, it says, formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world? Whose slaves you want to be again, he says, uh, or whose slaves you want to be once more, you observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I may have labored over you in vain. I am afraid I may have labored over you in vain. Paul gives the Galatian church uh, a little bit of the dad talk here, here tonight. Um, and you know, I had to have a dad talk with, with my youngest son, Micah, who, who we love. He, he, he's, that kid is a risk taker. Uh, but sometimes with those risk takers, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta set the parameters. These are the boundaries, son. 
and I get it, you're active, and, and you got incredible natural talent, but if you run outside of this boundary, we're going to have to correct you and bring you back into alignment. Paul has this talk here, and he says, look, I need you to understand, sons and daughters, I need you to understand, man of God, woman of God, I need you to understand something here. You are an heir. You have an inheritance that is seated in heaven. Right. Okay, you have a promise that is waiting for you in heaven. Okay, once before you did it, before you knew God, before you knew Christ, you were not a son, you were not a daughter. And so you were tied to all of these earthly things. You no longer are tied to these earthly things, you are tied to the things in heaven. He says, here in verse, verse eight, he says, formerly when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. So what, what is Paul referring to? How can we draw out from the scripture here um, of what Paul is trying to say, how this, how this uh, collaborates and how this transmits to what we're facing here in 2021, how, how we live our daily lives? How can we then, um, you know, take this out and apply this to today's life. Formerly, okay, before, formerly, before we did not know God, we were enslaved to those things that by nature are not God. So what is it that we were enslaved to? I wasn't a slave to nobody. I didn't have nobody tell me what to do. I wasn't in a ball and chains. What, what, is, what does Paul mean by I was enslaved to those things? What he's talking about is what did you give your attention to? Okay, what were you tied to? What was the priority in your life, before coming to that salvation knowledge, we all based our lives around things or around people that are not gods, but because we allowed them to dictate where we, where we allowed them to dictate our life, we allowed them to dictate our thoughts, we allowed them to dictate our peace and our attention, they essentially became gods to our lives because our lives revolved around these things or perhaps around these people. Mm -hmm. What are some of those things? Well, there's the things that are just outright, you know, sin and that, that's being drunk. It's alcohol. It's, it's drugs. It's pornography. But then there are the things that are not necessarily sin, but because we give them priority over our relationship with Christ, they enslave us and we essentially make them gods even though they are not God. Right. That, that could be sports. That could be money. That could be your career. Um, it could be relationships. It could be social media. Come on, somebody. It could be uh, the need to be known. Um, and because our lives will, will center around mm -hmm. um, and will be dictated off of these things, we essentially promote them in priority. Right. And when we promote them in priority, we put them above Christ. And when that thing is then put above Christ, we then give it the seat of God in our life. Yeah, and I think I like what you said. Some of these things, those are just an example of a yeah. few, but some of these things, they aren't bad things, no, but it's no. how you place them in your life. Yeah. And, you know, for me, we, well, both of us, we yeah. are a sports-oriented family. I grew up living at the field. Yeah. I didn't play, wasn't very athletic, but <laughs> I was always at the field. And, you know, again, not that sports are a bad thing, no. but I grew up knowing that, there was a God. We went to, we did go to church, Easter, yeah. Christmas, special occasions here and there. But there was never a a sense of of, of priority. There was yeah. never a sense of of urgency yeah. or importancy yeah. to be at church. 
We were at the field 24-7. And, you know, recently now our boys are, are playing baseball and, you know, we, we're getting busy now. Things are getting seeming to be back to a little bit of normal, normalcy. But, you know, we want our boys to understand that, of course, we are going to support them in all of their heart's desires and whether it be in sports or whatever else it may be. But they will also know the importance of Jesus. And those conversations we have with them, um, if not daily, every other day, just how much it is, it is important to place Jesus first and God will bless all of your dreams. So, you know, for me, I wrote this down. It said, I, I wrote, what you place value on is shown by what you give attention to. So good. So what you place value on is shown by what you give attention to. And again, it could be something as simple as sports or social media or your job. But what happens is when we get entangled, we get this urgency of, of I got to make more money. Yeah. I got to make more money. And we start losing focus and we get entangled in what, what can we do better or what can yeah. we do next? What, yeah. you know, when can we get that next iPhone? Yeah. You know, it, whatever it may be, we, we get stuck in this little circle of how, how can we get more of it? Yeah. And I think it's, it's like what you said there. I love, I love that. What you said is what you place value on is shown by what you give attention to. And that ties in yeah. to, to what you were sharing about sports in that your family, you know, was, was teaching you or was, was, was telling yeah. you that Jesus is important. Mm-hmm. They're telling you, you need to, we need to go to church. We need to keep Christ at the center. But their attention or your attention was to the field. Right. And so you, it, we're saying the right things. Our attention is really what dictates priority. And so we, we, our words don't dictate priority. Our attention, what we give our time to, what we give our checkbook to, that is what dictates priority. And that's what really shows what is a priority in yeah. our life. And like you said, yeah, our boys, we want them to excel in everything that they do. We want them to, to be the best athlete. We want them to compete at the highest yeah. level. We want them to give their best. Okay, but what they are going to know, and I, and I love that that's what, said, what they are going to know is that Jesus is the priority. Right. Okay, Jesus is the priority, and and it's not it's not we're going to work around our, our church schedule around baseball or work our church schedule around the field. We're going to work the field around around the house of God. Right. We're going to we're going to work the work the field, and and even beyond that, because because we, that could be taken out of context. We say, well, I went to church, I checked that off the box. Or, or I watched it online, I checked it off the box. It says, no, are you living out the call and the purpose of God over your life? Because sometimes we could supplement that. We could say, oh, well, I checked it off the box and now we're going to the field. No, no, but are you truly living out the call and the purpose and the destiny of God on your life? And really only you in your heart of hearts know if you're living that out fully. Mm-hmm. And you'll know that because you'll see no, no matter how many church services you attend to, no matter, how, no matter how many baseball games you go to, no matter how many football games, how many basketball games, no matter how, how great of an athlete your student is or, or how great of an athlete you are, you're going you're gonna to have this unsettling feeling inside like, man, there's just something that, that isn't, quite kick, isn't quite clicking. I just mm. feel like there's still this emptiness. I feel like there's still this void. And, and like, like Alyssa said, you know, growing up in sports, a lot of times I would have that feeling where, where I would go to bed on a Sunday night, and I remember this so vividly, being like nine years old, 10 years old, uh, eight years old, uh, you know, 11 years old into my teens, and, and, and there would be times where I'd be like, man, it was, it was such a great weekend. Spent time with friends, spent time at the field, did all of these things, but there's still this, this emptiness inside of me that I was going to sleep on, I would go to sleep on a Sunday night like, but, but this ends, the weekend ends. 
The games end. Mm. The recreation ends. Why do I have this empty feeling now inside? And it's because that feeling and and that, that space, that void can only be filled by Christ. It can only be filled by living out our true purpose, our true calling, which comes through Christ. And that comes through our proximity. Um, and, and that's how we're able to gauge, okay, what is it that I am, what am I being enslaved by? Okay, what, what is getting majority of my attention right now? It does, is the purpose of God in my life, is my relationship with Christ, is that getting my priority? Is that getting my attention? Okay, because again, it's not just about checking the box off. Okay, that, that's, that's what we call religion. Okay, when you check the box off, hey, I went, I checked in, I posted my picture that I was at church, <laughs> but now we're going on to do the things that we really care about. Okay, right. Talk, talking real, we're getting into Easter Look Sunday here. Easter Sunday, a lot of us, we're, we're planning church around what we got to do in the rest of the day. Mm. And I'm just going to say it, Jesus didn't die for you to live in convenience. Oh. He didn't rise again for us to... to to work around our Easter schedule, around the barbecue. He wants us to prioritize his call. We, he wants us to prioritize our relationship with him. So again, I'm not, not trying to condemn nobody, not trying to shame nobody, not trying to guilt nobody, but only you know in your heart of hearts is, is coming to, is, are you putting, I, mean, I wanna say it the right way, are you putting the appropriate attention are you, are you prioritizing your relationship with Jesus, not just on a Sunday, but each and every day? Because he says, you were once enslaved by those things that by nature are not God's. And like Liz said, not, not all of these things are bad. These things are good. Sports is good, okay? I, I love that, that our, our kids are, are in sports and they're learning those things. Our, if we're just honest, this generation of, of, of students that, that, that are being raised as Gen Z, they, they, need, they need to know you know, some discipline. They, they need to know what it's like, you know, like when we were kids and they're like, go run the lap. I remember there was one time my parents made me go to practice and sit and watch practice because I didn't listen to my teachers that day in school because I didn't want to do my homework. And so I had to go and sit at practice and watch. And then they're like, your coach is going to talk to you. And I remember just being like, man, my coach is going to know that I didn't want to do my homework. Um, and then for honest, that, though, that type of discipline, it supplements our spiritual growth. Okay, discipline and, and, and that, that, that human discipline, that, that physical discipline, it supplements our spiritual growth, but it only supplements our spiritual growth if our spiritual growth is the priority. Okay, we can't use sports and recreation to supplement our spiritual growth if sports is the priority because then we're getting it backwards. The only way it supplements and helps us grow in our, in our relationship with Jesus is if we're using sports to supplement the spiritual <laughs> growth. And so that's where these things are not bad. Okay, money is not bad. Having a good job and making money and having wealth, that is not a bad thing at all. But it's what are we prioritizing? What are we giving most of our attention to? Is it making more money? Is it having more, more posts on social media? Is it having more likes? Is it, you know, your day gets ruined because, because you, you didn't get enough likes. You didn't have the right post. You didn't get the right filter. You didn't like the way you looked in that picture. And so now the rest of your day is thrown off because, because, your, your social media presence is thrown off or, or because you, your need to be known isn't quite where you want it to be. Your influence level isn't quite where you want it to be. So now nothing is right in life. Know that that priority is, is backwards. We got to prioritize Jesus, living out the call of Jesus for our lives and allowing all of those other things to supplement. Social media is not bad. Okay? Having influence is not bad. Many of you, you came to Freedom House. Many of you tuned in tonight. 
because somebody shared a post with you, because somebody posted on Instagram, somebody posted on Facebook and let you know about service. And so you're, you're jumped in tonight. Uh, many of you have, have come to church because somebody posted about Freedom House on their social media. So it's not a bad tool. Social media is a tool, but we just got to make sure we're using it to supplement our spiritual growth. We're not finding our identity or our value or our purpose in those things um, or in certain people. We didn't even get into relationships. We could go into a whole nother well, hour on how say, we though, prioritize too, like when you people live in over ins- Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, Kenny. Sorry. Go ahead. You got it. <laughs> I was going to say, when you live an ins- enslaved life, it's a chaotic life. Yeah. And when you're living in chaos, how many of you know it's in, it's tiring there's so many different avenues that come that that gets thrown at you and that's what the enemy wants you to live if you think about it before you came to Christ life seemed it seemed great yeah it seemed great but the minute you said Christ I want you in I want to live for you I invite you into my heart then you feel like oh my gosh chaos is breaking out but in reality what's happening spiritually the enemy now when you weren't on his radar now you're on his radar why because you were enslaved to the sins of this world you were enslaved to the chaos of this world and the minute you said Jesus I want you and here I am I surrender it all guess what Red flag, sirens start, you, you cause chaos in the spiritual realm, and that is a good thing. So don't give up when you feel that, oh my gosh, I thought being Christian and living for God is supposed to be great. Guess what? It's a compliment. Yeah. You are complimenting the kingdom because you have the enemy scared. Yeah. And because you were enslaved to those things or so wrapped up in the chaos, um, I love the way Pastor Jimmy Rollins, when yeah. he was with us, he had said something, uh, you know, where, where you you almost became comfortable with with the uh, with with the chaos. Yeah. With, where you you became comfor- comfortable um, with the what's what's the word he used? Um, man, I can't think of the word. Um, uh, with the dysfunction. dysfunction. See, thank you for those that are in the building with the dysfunction. Um, and so then what happens is now you have order in your life, mm-hmm. and because you became so familiar with the dysfunction, the order and the structure. It feels like disorder mm-hmm. because you had become so comfortable with the dysfunction. But really what God is, God is doing is God, now there is an order in your life. Now there is structure in your life. Now you know where your value and you know where your identity comes from. You know that you're working towards something. You're working towards your purpose. You're living out your calling and your destiny. And so that it feels uncomfortable to the point where it feels like dysfunction. But really it's actually functional. <laughs> and, but you just become so used to the dysfunction. And that's, that's almost what's taking place here in Galatians as Paul's writing this letter. And he goes on in verse 10 or verse eight or verse nine. He says, but now that you have become, now that you have come to know God or rather to be known by God, how could you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? And so what's happening is because because there's now structure, because they, they now have this freedom, they, they become uncomfortable with the freedom to where they want to go back to something like we were talking about earlier that is familiar. Mm-hmm. And the dysfunction is what was familiar. Yeah. And so there's an itch to be like, well, I got to get back yeah. to that because I feel like, I don't know, is this going to work? Is, is this faith thing in Jesus? Is this relationship with Jesus? Is it going to work out? Um, and that's where, where we have to get into, into that mode and we have to know, we have to exercise our faith to know that, that God is working through us, that God is, is not gonna, gonna leave us out to dry, that it's not worth 
giving up everything that God has given us yeah. um, to go back to something right. that, that just doesn't produce yeah. life. Yeah, and, and with this scripture, I, I feel like just in my spirit that, that Paul's, he's, he's pleading with them. He has this righteous, righteous frustration with them. Like, why would you want to turn back to your old habits? Yeah. Why would you want to go back to that past relationship that left you broken? Yeah. Why would you want to live... In, 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 a, in a chaotic yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we've counseled many people. And when it comes to the, the party life, the drinking, the promiscuity, the I mean, you, the facades of this world. And we, one thing we tell them, if it was fruitful, if it did yeah. good for us, yeah. then why would we change our yeah. lives? Real talk. Why would we, you know, turn away from what the world says is a good time? Yeah. Why would we turn away from, uh, you know, from, uh, in, our, in, in our life, it's, it's very familiar, it's comfortable, it's just what we do. That's, that's how we were raised. Yeah. Why would we turn away from that? Why would we create a different legacy for our family? Yeah. So in this scripture, I feel like that's what Paul is saying. Is why would you want to go back? Yeah. Again, the former you... What didn't live a life that was that was being blessed that wasn't producing good. Yeah. It was it was like for me. I think I think of myself like the former Alyssa who looked looked like she had it all together. Yeah. She was going to school. She you know she was living a great life, but inside she was broken. Yeah. And I think about that about that which I'm you know I'm I honor my past, but. I'm not going to stay in my past. My past doesn't yep. define my future. So in this scripture, I feel like Paul is trying to tell someone, get off the hamster wheel and, yep. and let's, not, let's move forward. Stop yep. chasing, you know, stop your, to yeah, try to stop going back. And, you know, it's like a dog chasing its tail. Stop chasing your tail. Don't be that dog, yeah. you know. In other words, what, what, what <laughs> Paul is saying is, look, you've received the love. Yeah. You've received the mercy. You've received the grace. Okay, you no longer feel the guilt. You no longer feel the condemnation. You no longer feel that struggle of having having to attain or having to find your value in in these earthly things or in the way that you look or in the, or in what you produce. Your value comes from the fact that you are a son and a daughter of God. Why would you want to give that up? Why would you want to forfeit that? If if and why would you want that that shame and that condemnation and that guilt to return? God hasn't created us to live in shame and to live in guilt and to live in condemnation. He's called us to live in freedom. Yeah. He's called us to live free of, of guilt, free of condemnation, to be comfortable in our skin, to know that our heavenly father holds our future together for us. Why would we forfeit that and attempt to take our future into our own hands? Okay, we, we've been there. We've we done that. Like, like, like Alyssa was saying, is we, we tell young people, it's like, look, if, if it was all it was cracked out to be, Okay, if, if it was all that it was meant to be, if it was really going to, to bless our future and be productive and be a lifestyle that, that is going to, to make us better people, then why would we walk away? Why would we walk away? Well, the reality is we walk away because it doesn't produce life. It doesn't bring a lasting fulfillment. It doesn't bring a lasting joy. It doesn't bring a peace. It is temporary. The Bible says that sin, is, is, it satisfies for a moment. It is pleasurable for a moment. But in the end, it leads to, to just, death. Yeah. And that's what we were beginning to feel. We we're beginning to feel like, man, this is just a bottomless pit that we keep falling into. God, 
we need you to rescue us out of this thing so that we can get our, we get our life together. We could, we could live for purpose yeah. and not, not just live for pleasure. Um, and, and when you live for purpose, um, God responds. And, and, and God, God, God begins to put these things back together. And that's what, like you said, there is an urgency. That, like I yeah. said, Paul's having that dad talk with him. He's like, son, daughter, I don't want you to, to, to continue to, to live in this endless cycle because, because it doesn't end. Mm-hmm. It's a cycle that you continue to, to run around in circles with. And I don't want you to live that life. I want you to live in freedom. I want you to live with the fullness of the blessing. I want you to live with the fullness of the promises of God to, to, to accomplish the, the, the destiny and the purpose that, that is going to go far beyond anything you can do with your own hands. Anything you can do with your own hands. Uh, Peter says it this way in 2 Peter um, chapter 2, verse 20. He says, For if after they escaped the defilements of the world... Through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. (laughs) That when you turn and you go back to your old habits, it's going to be a worse pain. It's going to be a worse guilt. It's going to be a worse condemnation than it was the first time around. And he says, for them, it would have been better. It would have been better for them. Uh, to have not known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the, pro- what the true proverb says has happened to them. As this was saying, the dog returns to its own vomit and the sow or the pig, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire, returns back to wallow in the mud. God has cleaned us off. Okay, He has, he has given us purpose. He has taken away the, 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 the sting and the guilt uh, of sin and of our mistakes and set us on a path of freedom to accomplish the purpose that he has called each and every one of us to live out. And there is blessing on the other side. And, and we just have to live with the faith and with the trust knowing that, yeah, are there gonna be distractions? Because why do people, I think that's yeah. an important part, why do people turn away from God? You know, it's not, not like people just wake up today and they say, hey, well, you know what? I just feel like today I'm going to turn away from walking with Jesus. No, what happens is, is we allow distractions to get the best of us. Okay, if we're honest, we, we see a post on social media. We, we, get, we get a text from an old friend. We get a DM from an old friend. Hey there. Um, <laughs> and, and, and we allow our mind to be distracted. Uh, uh, we, we get offended with church. We, 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 we hold a grudge with, with, with somebody. Somebody uh, offended us, whether directly or indirectly. And now we have the, these silent frustrations. And now we say, you know what, man, church ain't for me. See, I knew it. Church was not for me. So I'm just going to turn and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a, a different route. And we turn away right. from God. But the reality is you're going to face, you're going to face Hypocrites, you're going to face people that are going to offend you. You're going to face those frustrations no matter what path you walk down. Okay, whether you choose to live it with Jesus or without Jesus, guess what? You will have trouble. So Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. Right. But when you walk with me, guess what? I've overcome the world. Meaning that when you walk through these, these troubles, when you walk through the, the opposition, when you go through the trials and the persecution and the suffering and the moments of uncomfortability, that when you go through them with faith, there is a reward on the other side of your perseverance. There is a reward on the other side of your steadfastness. We all live this life not for earthly blessings. 
Okay, I, I, I'm sorry if somebody said that you only live for Jesus for the earthly blessings that you give. No, we live for Jesus because of the heavenly reward that right. we get for eternity, that when we pass on from this earthly life, we spend eternity with Christ in heaven. That is the ultimate goal. It is the ultimate reward with which we live this life. So when we compare heaven to this, this momentary affliction, I showed this at our Bible college last night. The reason why Paul and Peter were able to face prison, uh, able to face prison time, able, able to, to face uh, uh, judges um, and, and face the Sadducees and face all of the religious people and be stoned nearly to death, but continue to live for the purpose of which they've been called is because they knew the heavenly prize that awaited them. They knew that on, on, on the other side of this earthly life was an eternity that money couldn't buy, that no temporary satisfaction could provide, that nothing on this life, that no relationship could provide, but could only come from Jesus. And that is what gave them the strength. That is what gave them the endurance and the perseverance to continue to walk faithfully, to not turn away from the call of God because Paul was, was stoned nearly to death and dragged out of the city. But Paul says, no. Because I know what Jesus has done in my life. I know what I'm living for. And, not, and because I know what I'm living for, I can continue to go forward. Some of you that, that are being distracted, that are being discouraged right now in your faith, we have to remind ourselves not only what God has brought us out of, but we have to remind ourselves what God, is, what God has saved us for, yeah. what he is calling us to. Well, you know, maybe, and maybe that's you. Maybe right now you, you can relate to coming to church, getting saved, and then going back to your bad habits, and then coming back to church, then right. going back to your bad habits. Yeah. Maybe that's you. And I want to encourage you tonight that if that is you, it's so important to get connected to the house, yeah. whether it be through, uh, you know, start with starting point, then there's grow track, and then there's connect groups. and. Yeah. Even serving in ministries, there's yes. accountability in, yes. when, while you serve in, in ministries and people who are going to link arms with you, that are going to encourage you, that are going to help lift you up when you don't feel like um, doing it or maybe you feel like the bad habits are creeping back in. That, that's why it's so important yeah. to have relationships, not only with Christ, but with relationship with people in the house that are, that are going to... Uh, be there with you and walk with you and journey with you through life so we don't have to repeat the cycle again. Yeah, and those of you that maybe, maybe you find yourself in that space, and, and again, this is, this is not a teaching to condemn you or to make you feel bad or to make you feel like a failure. This is not it, okay? So, so don't receive it that way. But maybe, maybe some of you are, are kind of caught in that in-between where it's like, man, I so badly want to live for God, but then I get so caught up in the distractions. James talks about the double-minded man who, who, who looks in the mirror and then walks away and forgets, forgets what he looks like. He says that that's what it's like for, for, for the person that, that cannot decide or, 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 or cannot exercise their faith on a daily, but does, does not stay spiritually disciplined mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Um, and, and what does that look like? That looks like the, the person that, that comes into church worships Jesus, lifts their hands, amen, good message. Man, I feel so much better about myself. And then we walk out of the building and right away get distracted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right away we start responding to that text message that we know we shouldn't entertain. Right away we start responding to those DMs. Right away we start looking at those pages. We, we, start, we start entertaining the distractions. Okay, so, so when, how do we fight against that? Well, I wrote this down here. When you are serious, okay, when you are serious about changing your life, 
it'll be seen in your disciplines. Mm -hmm. Okay, when you're serious about following Jesus, it'll be seen in your disciplines. What I mean by that, it'll be seen by the attention you give to it. It'll be seen by the attention you give to it. When we were in the party life, okay, we looked for every party to go to. It didn't matter if it was a Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, you know, it, any night, any night of the week, okay, Mon Monday through Sunday, there was, there was no off days, okay? If there, was, if there was a party, we were down, okay? If there was a, a hangout, we were there. If it was the pool hall, we were there. If it was the bar, we were there. It didn't matter what it was, we were giving our attention to that because that's where we were finding value, that's where we were finding worth, that's where we are finding joy, happiness, peace, all of the above. And to be honest with you, some of that is learned behavior. Yeah. You know, it's what, you know, the Bible would say it's a generational curse. Yeah. Because that's what we've, that's all we know. Yeah. And so when you are ready, or not when you are ready, let, let me, let me revert this. When you are serious, when you're serious about saying, Jesus, I want to live for you. Mm -hmm. I want to follow you. Your attention follows. Okay. What you give your attention to then has to change. The same way that I, that I looked intently for for, for how to hang out, how to party, how to have a good time, is the same level of discipline that I then begave, that I then begin to give to Jesus, okay? Mm -hmm. I was looking for, man, what, what small group can I get to? Yeah. Well, uh, what, what, what youth night can I get to? What young adult night can I get to? Well, what church service can I get to? How could I get myself around people that are like-minded, around people that wanna grow and wanna live for Christ? Because I have to give my attention to Jesus if I want my disciplines to change. Yeah. If my disciplines are going to change, it's going to be because I'm giving attention to it. We can't change our disciplines if we don't give attention to it. Okay, You're not going to be able to, to change your, your, your discipline of prayer if you're not giving your attention to Jesus. But when you begin to give your attention to Jesus, guess what? You begin to pray a little bit more. You begin to read a little bit more. Okay, You, you, you start going to church more, which means you then you start, like you said, you get into starting point. You get into growth check. You start to serve and you start to, you start to, to, to serve people and, and you start to build the right relationships because you're giving your attention to Jesus. So when you're serious about following Jesus, it'll be seen through what you give your attention to. And for those of you that maybe you've been walking with Christ, but you feel like you're in a rut or you feel like, man, I just, I'm not hearing from God right now. What's your attention being given to? Is it TikTok? <laughs> Is it Netflix? Is it Hulu? Is it TV? Is it sports? Is it the ball field? What is it that your attention is being given to? Because I guarantee what you're giving the majority of your attention to is what is taking you away from Christ. And if you're giving majority of your attention to Christ, then guess what? You're not gonna feel like you're in a rut. You're not gonna feel like you're in a rut because you're gonna know that you are fulfilling the purpose and the call of God over your life. And when I say giving your attention to Christ, I don't just mean showing up to the building. I mean, when you're there, you're attentive. God, I'm here to receive from you. I am here to worship you. I'm here to, to receive and, and to be equipped to walk out the call that you have for me. God, would you download it to me tonight? God, as we're tuned into this midweek, Lord, I want to give my attention to you. I don't want to just, I don't want to just check it off. I don't want to just have to watch because my parents put it on the TV. I'm giving you my attention. I'm giving you my attention. When you do that, you'll see your disciplines begin to change. Verse 10, verse 10, 11, real quick here. Um, we pick it up and it says, uh, you observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I may have labored over you in vain. And essentially what Paul is saying is, look, you guys are really good about remembering the special occasions. But remembering the special occasions isn't gonna build your relationship with Christ. I can't build relationship with my wife if I only tell her that I love her on her birthday and on her anniversary. 
That ain't going to cut it, men of God. Okay, you need to tell your wives each and every day how much you love her, how much you appreciate her, and how much you cherish her. That's going to build, and that's going to keep us growing together in proximity. Okay, if you're only acknowledging special occasions, you're only thinking about Jesus on Sunday, well, that's the right thing to do, but you're not necessarily growing in proximity, so your relationship with him isn't really growing because you're only thinking about him one day of the week. Mm. You want to grow your relationship with Jesus, it's got to be consistent, and it can't be erratic. See, off the, the, remembering the special occasions, that, that, that's like, well, I'm, I'm praying because I lost my job. Or, or I'm praying because, uh, you know, my, my, my family member or my friend, they got a bad report from the doctor. So, God, I'm back in church now. That, that, that's good. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. You know where to go. But God wants that to be consistent. Yeah. He wants that to be something that you do daily, not just when you need something. Yeah, and that's what we've been talking about pretty much a lot of this Bible study is that God's a relational God that he wants to be in your life, but he's not a transactional God. He's not someone that you go to only when you need something. Yes, he will be there, but that's not how a relationship works. I don't go to my husband every time I need the bank card. Yep. And that's it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like there, there. We sp- <laughs> we spend time. There's there's intentional time. Yeah. And I believe with the relationship with God, God wants you to be intentional with Him as well. Yeah. He was intentional with us. Yeah. That's what this week is all about. Yeah. Okay. Jesus didn't wait for us to clean up ourselves. He didn't wait for us to get our act together. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, God says, you know what? We're gonna go to them. We're going to go to them. And, and, and that's the same intention that we need to give back now. You know, the beautiful thing about God, because he is relational, is he shows us how he wants us to respond to him by doing it first. Yeah. He came down to us. And that's why the Bible says that when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. Okay, because that's what he did. He drew near to us. So that now we can draw near to him. See how the, how the cycle goes? That's the cycle you want to be in. God drew near to us. We now draw near to him. And when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. You want God to care about the things that you care about? Draw near to him. Be intentional with your prayers. Be intentional with your discipline. You want to you stop living this, this double-minded life? You want to stop you know, uh, going back to those old habits? You want to stop getting caught up in those distractions? You want to stop getting caught up in those, those old relationships? that have already proved that, that they're not fruitful, you wanna get caught back up in that? You don't wanna get caught back up in those things anymore? Stay intentional in your relationship with God. Stay intentional with your prayers. Give him your attention. Give him your heart. Draw near to him, and he is faithful to draw near to you. Come on, let's pray. Let's, we're gonna stand here, and we're gonna pray for you guys here tonight. But Lord Jesus, we just thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that You didn't wait for us to make the first move, God. But you were a gentleman. And you made the first move on our behalf, Lord. So we thank you, Lord. We give you our hearts tonight, Lord. We give you our attention and our affection, Lord. I pray right now for all those that are going through the struggle. The struggle of of wanting, of wanting to do what's right. Of wanting to follow you, but getting caught up in the distractions, Lord. I pray that right now you would meet them where they're at. You would meet them at their level of faith. You would manifest yourself to them, that you would show them that you are true, that you are real, that you are trustworthy, Lord, that you have a plan, that you have a hope, 
that you that you want to give them love and forgiveness. You're not here to condemn or or, or, or or to slam the hammer over them, Lord God. You're not here to guilt trip them. You're here to love them back to life, Lord. So I pray right now for that person that's struggling between the two between the, the, the two courses. They're struggling between the two lanes of living for you and living for pleasure. I pray that right now, God, you would meet them right where they're at, Father. You would speak to their heart of hearts, Lord. That you would stir up a, a faith and a fire inside of them, Lord God, to pursue you, to be intentional with you, Lord, to, to, to search after you and to draw near to you here tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, somebody say amen. Let's sing this out here tonight, church. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.